Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so happy to have Courtney Chun of Fork to Belly joining me on the show today. Now, Courtney is relatively new to food blogging. She is a self-taught cook and a true testament to how amazing the internet is. Courtney claims to have learned everything when it comes to cooking from Google, YouTube videos, and other blogs. I don't quite believe it, but we'll have to dig deeper into this a bit later. Thank you so much for joining me today, Courtney. Hi, thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, Courtney, you only recently discovered your passion for food and not too long afterwards started your blog, Fork to Belly. Can you tell me about what sparked this new passion for cooking? Well, I guess I would have to say it started maybe about like a year ago. I was in my senior year of college. And before then, I really like never even spent that much time in the kitchen and didn't really have any experience like working in a restaurant or anything. And then I met my boyfriend. His dad owns a restaurant chain in Hawaii called Roy's. And he actually worked in the kitchen. And so I kind of saw him like making food in the kitchen and I would kind of help out and stuff. And that's kind of how it got me in the kitchen and helped me kind of get like basic skills started and stuff. And then I guess after that, I would kind of watch YouTube videos of people like making like cupcakes or cookies. I would see like on Pinterest different recipes. And then I just started trying them myself. And I mean, it didn't always like work out. But I guess like after a while, I just kind of got into cooking and just really enjoying it. And so that's just kind of how I got started with it. But I'm still like, I don't really have like, I never went to cooking school or anything. Like I don't have professional skills. So they're still very basic. But But you work in the back of house at a restaurant, so you do kind of have some professional culinary experience, a little bit at least. Now, how did this sort of lead you to starting Fork to Belly? Well, I always kind of wanted to start like some kind of blog. And then one of my friends like mentioned to me like, oh, you should start a food blog. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that'd be a good idea. Because I guess on Instagram, I would post a lot of pictures of like what I made. And then another friend kind of approached me and she also started a fashion blog. And she was just telling me like, you know, you always think like, maybe I don't have enough experience. Like maybe my photography skills aren't good enough or my cooking skills aren't good enough. But that's like kind of the whole point of the blog is like if you don't start it at some point, it's like never going to get done. So she was just like, you know, even if you don't think you're ready, maybe you should just go for it and like just see how it goes. And if it doesn't, it's not something you enjoy, then you can like take a break and stop. So she kind of helped me to get started. And I have like previous experience in college. I majored in multimedia arts, so I learned a lot of photography skills I took a lot of web design classes, so that kind of gave me a basis, like a platform to start my blog off of, because when I read like a lot of blogger posts about how they got started, a lot of them say like they have like completely no experience with the photography or with web design, but they do have like the cooking experience. So I guess I'm a little the opposite because I have like the photography skills and the web design skills, but 
I'm still like really new to cooking. So it's kind of funny. Right. But I think that's what sort of is part of the appeal to your blog is that we can really follow your progress as well. And, you know, as home cooks, we're not professional cooks either. We're just figuring it out ourselves too. So it's really encouraging to know that, you know, people follow you and just to sort of check out what you're doing on the blog as well. I was actually going to say the photography on your blog seriously makes me hungry. And, you know, I was really curious. You answered this question already, but do you take the pictures? Yeah, I do. And did you always have an eye for composition and sort of food styling? Food styling was like a whole, like sometimes I'll be trying to like put down all these plates or like arrange like a fork and it's just like not working out. And I see like other pictures like on Pinterest and stuff and it looks so beautiful. And I'm like, I wish I could do something like that. So I'm still definitely learning about the food styling, but I think I've always kind of been into like art and design. So I think maybe that background kind of helped, but I think like the most helpful tip I think I read on like some blog is that like you just look at pictures that you really like, like let's say for Pinterest as an example, you kind of look at like the type of plates they use or maybe what kind of like wooden table it's on or like the colors and you kind of learn that way and you like read from the photo and kind of internalize it and think about like how this can help when you're actually doing your own food styling. Right. I was talking with Claire Thomas from the Kitchy Kitchen. I don't know if you're familiar with her. And she was saying that, you know, she would dissect all the pictures that she would look because she had no experience with photography. And she figured out that it was like all lighting and it was all sort of angling and all all that fun stuff. So for her, it was really fun process learning this. Yeah. I mean, you could go into like so many categories with this, like photography is like just a whole nother beast like aside from like the cooking part it's like huge like I don't even have that much equipment but I know like some bloggers they have all the lights and then they have like all the different backdrops and stuff and they have like really great lenses and like a tripod and stuff like that and I don't even have all of those things right well I mean the thing with Instagram and Pinterest and stuff like that now those are really the avenues where people are drawn to coming to your blog or anybody's blog and so photography is really important actually I love how you say that you learned everything you know about cooking from the internet now I've always found the internet to be way too overwhelming like I don't even know where to start to look for recipes or learn about new food blogs what's your process for seeking out new recipes to try online or new cooking techniques to learn? Well, usually I guess I'll kind of look for inspiration through Pinterest. I use Pinterest like a ton. And then I just like, if I see a photo of something that looks really good or like a cake or some kind of dish, I like usually click on the link and then I go to their page and I kind of see like the process about like what the food blogger did to get there. And then that kind of gives me inspiration like one example is I'm thinking about doing these peach lavender pop tarts because I just kind of saw a photo of homemade pop tarts on Pinterest and then I kind of looked at how she did it and then I just go to Google and I type in like homemade pop tarts recipe and then you know how sometimes when you like Google recipes you'll see they have like ratings on them So normally I'll kind of like the higher rated ones, I'll look at those and then I'll kind of see like what ingredients they used or like the steps they took. And for most recipes that are kind of simple, it's 
kind of the same process. And so you can kind of like jump off it from that. So you just kind of like combine both or like all the recipes and what you think might work out. But I don't know, for certain recipes, like the gingerbread cake I made, the one that you found me out from, that one was, (laughs) I don't remember, but I put it in the blog post. But yeah, I just like came across her gingerbread cake and I was like, oh my God, this looks so good. And then I was kind of searched for other gingerbread cakes and they weren't kind of what I was looking for. So I just stuck with her recipe and it was a beautiful recipe. Everything worked out really well. So, yeah, for certain instances, like I do use Google to kind of help me. But then I also sometimes will just take like a complete recipe from a blogger. And then, of course, I credit them and make sure they kind of get some like publicity from that, too. Right. Now, has there been a lot of trial and error in learning to cook this way? I think sometimes I just might get really lucky with certain recipes, but I've definitely like had my fair share of ones that have failed. I did a lemon tart and I was using my mom's kitchen because I'm at home in Hawaii right now and I was using her kitchen kind of for the first time because I never really cooked when I lived at home because she would always cook. And it's just kind of like certain things like she has an electric stove and at home I have a gas stove. So hers would like heat differently and I didn't really understand like the temperature differences. And so I was trying to make the tart filling and I guess the recipe said that you have to kind of like pre-cook it a little bit. So I had it on the stove and then I think I was doing something else in the kitchen and then all of a sudden I kind of hear like bubbling on the stove and then I like run to the stove and I look and it's just like this omelet. The eggs just turned to like a complete omelet inside the pot and I was just like, now what do I do? Because I used up all the ingredients so I had to go back to the store and it was like... I was just so like, I want to be done with this recipe already. But yeah, sometimes it just like doesn't turn out like how I want it to. But I guess that comes with the territory. Like nothing's always going to work. Yeah. Did you end up eating the sweet omelet? I didn't. I don't know. The idea of like a sweet omelet kind of like grossed me out a little bit. So I just ended up like throwing it away and starting over. (laughs) Right. Now, what are some good online resources for someone who has very little experience with cooking, but would like to learn online like you did? I think YouTube is really great. I mean, I know that when you like, you just Google in like, how do I cut a mango? Like, I remember that was one of the things that I had to learn because, you know, when you cut through, it's just like the seed and you can't really like peel it away or like, it's not like an avocado. So I was kind of just like cutting around it and like making this huge mess the first couple of times I did it. And then I eventually kind of Googled about it. And I feel like sometimes it's kind of hard to explain certain things like that in writing. So it definitely helps to go on, see videos on YouTube where you can just type in like, how do I cut a mango? And you see like a guy actually do it. And then you kind of have that visualization so that when you do it yourself, you kind of understand it more. Yeah, for sure. I'm totally like a visual learner. So sometimes if I Google something and I read it out, it's still difficult to process. Whereas if I just go to YouTube and just find it on YouTube, it's a lot easier for me anyways. Exactly. Well, Courtney, it's clear that you have a love of food and a passion for cooking. For people who feel like cooking is more of a chore for them, how can we make it more fun? I think it's just about doing recipes that really inspire you and that you really enjoy. Before I started really getting into cooking, actually before I started the blog, I would try to make healthy dishes and it would just kind of like get repetitive and I'm making like the same like chicken breast and the same like salmon with broccoli and brown rice in it. 
it's not like I didn't enjoy what I was making, but just like the process, it gets like repetitive and then it's just not really fun, you know? And so then I started kind of doing like cakes or making like Japanese dishes because I really like enjoy Japanese food and that just really helped to kind of push me along and make me really enjoy what I was doing. I think just with anything, you need to find what you love to do. And I feel like for cooking, if you consider it kind of a chore, then maybe you're not really cooking dishes that you really enjoy eating or really enjoy seeing how it comes out, especially for baked goods. I think when you have the ability to also like for a cake, you put on the frosting and you put it together. It's kind of like art in a way. It's like this creation. And it's fun to see that kind of happen from just like these ingredients. And then all of a sudden you have like this beautiful cake that you made and that you show it to people and everybody's like, oh my God, it's so pretty. Yeah, I think that in a lot of sort of everyday cooking, we lose the pride of creation, I guess. So that's definitely something that, you know, everyone can do maybe once a week, if not once a week, once a month, at least to sort of just get back into sort of being inspired by food and cooking. Well, here at the dinner special, we talk with food heroes about dinner dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dinner dish that is special to you and maybe the story behind the dish? Well, I think my favorite dish that I've made on my blog is probably my apple pie. I kind of used a combination of three different recipes. I got the pie crust from a Food 52 post. And then I had the caramel filling with the apples from Williams-Sonoma. And then the first time I made it, I think it's like in my five first blog posts, like it was one of my very first times even making a pie. And I was in the process of making it and I didn't realize how serious pie making can be. Like it really kind of is like an art in itself because, you know, when you're making a crust, I thought you like just make the crust and you just like lay it out and then you just put the apples in and then you bake it. And it sounds so simple when you say it like that. And then when I was actually doing it, there was like flour everywhere in the kitchen and it was a mess everywhere. And the first time I tried cooking the apples, they were turned to mush and it was just very fickle. But the first time it did work and it actually came out good, I brought it to Thanksgiving at my boyfriend's family's Thanksgiving party. And everybody was just like, oh my God, this apple pie is so good. They were like so in awe and they just loved it. And it was really kind of a heartwarming thing to be able to share a dish and have people just like really enjoy it that much. And so So for Christmas, when I came home, my mom's, I told my mom about how everyone had loved the apple pie. And she was like, you have to make the apple pie now. We really want to try it. And they really loved it too. And my uncle even came up to me and gave me like a hug. And he was like, oh my God, (laughs) thank you for making the pie. Wow. Now, let's say you were to invite three famous people over to share this incredible apple pie with. Who would these three famous people be? I guess I would probably invite Abe Lincoln because my dad is obsessed with Abe Lincoln and he's like, Abe Lincoln is his hero. (laughs) So I'd probably invite him over and then I guess I'd have to invite my dad. And then (laughs) I think I would want to invite Ina Garten. She's like my favorite. I used to watch her all the time when I would watch Food Network when I was little. And then I think I'd really want to invite Benedict Cumberbatch just because I'm kind of like obsessed with all the movies he's done right now. Like I just saw The Imitation Game and The Last Hobbit movie where he plays Smog and I just love him as an actor and he's just so great. This totally leads to my next question. 
Let's say you were to do dinner and a movie. What movie would you pair with your apple pie? I haven't seen too many movies recently, but can I say Frozen, the animated movie? Because when I think of apple pie, I think of it being kind of like, I mean, you can have it in summer too, but warm apple pie in winter and just being cold and like cuddled up. And then you have like this warm apple pie to eat. And then I just love the movie Frozen too. <laughs> awesome. Well, definitely adds some coziness to the Frozen movie theme. Now, I call the next part of the Dinner Special podcast the pressure cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Yes. Okay. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch? I definitely watch Hell's Kitchen and I love like Cupcake Wars and I love the one that Gordon Ramsay does where he fixes up restaurants or like restaurants that aren't doing well. And it kind of breaks my heart to watch it and it makes me feel bad, but it's like you can't stop watching it. And I still love watching Ina Garten when she cooks too on Food Network. Great. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about? Well, I love Food 52. I love their shop and I always look at everything on their shop and I'm like, oh my God, like this is so expensive, but I really want it. And I feel like they have really good food recipes that they kind of share like from other bloggers. I still love YouTube a lot. Um, I really like watching Nerdy Nummies. It's just like really fun and it's, she's so creative and I just love watching her show. And then I think my top three favorite food blogs to look at right now are the local milk blog. My name is Yeah or Yay. My name is Yay. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I am a food blog. I love their photography and I just love like when they post new recipes. I'm like, oh my God, I have to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Number three. Who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter that make you happy? I follow a lot of my friends still, but maybe like for more in the food blog world, I definitely enjoy seeing Local Milk's blog post. I think she's in Venice right now doing like a styling show. And so she's like taking these amazing photographs of like just the city and she just like blows my mind at how talented she is. And I really enjoy Two Red Bulls. I really like her posts because she does a lot of Asian foods too. I noticed she does kind of, they're not really like well-known Asian dishes, at least like not to American people. And that kind of like inspires me because I'm full Chinese and I kind of enjoy like sharing these dishes with other people. And my mom's kind of, she's like third generation. So we don't really have like experience trying to make these like really traditional dishes. But when I see other food bloggers making like traditional Chinese dishes, it really kind of, I don't know, that's like a heartwarming thing too, because it's like getting to see your culture. And it's also like the beautiful styling that she puts into it. Right. That's a great sort of combination to sort of use food to sort of inspire a little bit of culture in your everyday life. Number four, what is something all home cooks should have in their pantry? I definitely think my Ninja Blender has been like a godsend. You can use it to make smoothies. It's kind of also like a huge food processor because it has the long blades in it. 
So since I've been back home here, I don't have it with me. And when I look at a recipe and I go to make it and then I'm like, oh, no, like I don't have my Ninja Blender. And my mom, she has this food processor where it's like it's manual. So you have to it's like this weird technology, but you like press it down and then the food processor spins and it gets like so strenuous. And I'm like pressing it down really, really hard. And I'm just like missing my Ninja Blender (laughs) so much. Yeah, it's a workout to get sort of uh, stuff blended up. Yeah, I kind of get sweaty from it. (laughs) Great. Number five, name one ingredient you cannot live without. I think from just having like the couple of months of experience of really like making a lot of dishes, I would say that butter or eggs is like the base for so many dishes. Like I go through so much butter and so many eggs and I've literally like at one point had like three cartons of eggs in my fridge because I was trying to make like a cake and for a cake you need what like eight eggs or something and it those are the ingredients that I always need to have on hand to make sure like for a dish right and butter and eggs are used for savory as well so I mean they're very versatile number six what are a few cookbooks that make your life better I would have to say my favorite cookbook is, it's not really a cookbook, but um, my grandma, she used to write down all her recipes and she would put them together in this folder. And so I've actually been able to kind of look back at her recipes and see like the things she's made. And it's kind of funny because I haven't eaten it since I've been like really young, but then I don't have to see the finished product. I can just read through the ingredients and see the steps and I, oh yeah, like that's what I was eating or like that's what she made me before. And it's just been really nice to be able to have that like and be able to physically hold it instead of like have the recipe written down like on the internet because you can see like her handwriting and stuff and it's just like really personal and it's something I really cherish. Yeah, and that's something that's so much more than just a cookbook. I mean, it's like a family heirloom that you would probably pass on for the future generations as well. Yeah, I definitely want to save it. Cool. And finally, number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook? Okay, I love listening to audiobooks or I really enjoy reading. And a lot of the time, I don't really have the time to sit down and just kind of like read with my eyes. Like I wish we all had like four arms and four eyes because then I could do two things at once. But when I'm like in the kitchen and, you know, like you're cooking and you're using your hands and you're using your eyes, but like you're not really using your ears. And so I enjoy just like listening to an audio book. And I also have the book like myself. And then later on, I like can go back to the book and like continue to read. And it's been really helpful because I feel like sometimes in the kitchen, I kind of not that I get bored, but having something to listen to to keep your mind kind of going really helps. It makes me like enjoy the process of cooking more. Great. Well, congratulations, Courtney, you have officially survived the pressure cooker. Yay. <laughs> yes. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dinner Special Podcast. You're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep posted with what you're up to? I definitely think just following my blog. I just made like a new place where you could subscribe to it and then you get emails about when I post new dishes. But yeah, I think my blog is the best way because I don't always like post what I'm making on Instagram. So definitely forktobelly.com. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, I have one final question. What's next? Well, the next thing I'm going to be doing is in a couple of days, I'm going to be going back to California. 
and I'm actually going back to school. I'm going to a digital art school, so that will probably be taking up a lot of my time, but I promise I will still continue to blog even if I'm not getting sleep. <laughs> well, and I'm sure the school will help with the blog as well, right? Well, it's more of like a drawing school and then you learn like 3D animation and visual effects. But yeah, I think just kind of like being able to like use my creative juices and continue to be creative, even if it's not like specifically in photography, what can like translate and help me when I'm like creating dishes or trying to take the photos for them. Oh, for sure. I was chatting with Sarah on Cake Over Steak. She has a blog as well. She has a food blog and she's an illustrator. So instead of taking pictures of her food, she illustrates her food. Yeah, that's a really smart idea. I've, I've actually kind of started doing that when I think about what I want to do next. Like a dish, I'll kind of draw it out and then try to color it in and kind of see if it looks good or not. And that's a really helpful way to really visualize like your end goal. Right, for sure. Thank you so much for being here again. You've been amazing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.